today were small in numbers but high in quality and it's a real privilege to be able to come into your homes and by way of television and radio and YouTube and Facebook we we reach out to as many people as possible and we pray um, that you will continually remember us in your thoughts and your prayers as we as we worship together and as we bring this television message um, we're very few churches that, very few throughout the United States that have televised ministry, and we, we consider it a real honor and privilege. I'm experiencing some sinus infection. It just seems like I'm playing ping pong in my head here, and a lot of what I'm saying is just kind of glancing out. I may repeat myself. I'd rather repeat myself than not to say something that I hadn't planned on saying. So, so um, again, we... Thank you for joining us. This particular Sunday, we're honoring our American Legion and military personnel. Memorial Day services, I speak at a number of services, and, and some of the two primary ones is service at Hillside Cemetery, 10 o'clock, and then our traditional service at Glenhaven Cemetery. And Hillside is at 10 o'clock on Memorial Day. And Glenhaven is at one o'clock. In a couple of years of not having, we've did our teleconferences and we've done our TV ministry. The COVID 
and this is going to be on site. This is going to be on site. So uh, Norman very well attended at Hillside and also Glen Haven. We normally have um, like former Miss America or Miss USA or so speak, and then one of the generals and lower ranking colonels such as myself, we, we gather and, and many um, attend that event. And today we're honoring those printed in our bulletin. And I want to just take a minute or two, turn to our opening hymn of Spirit Song, which is dedicated in memory of those writers and pause as we think of John Cox, Rod Kataska, Warren Winkle, Tim Thornhill, John Smith, Kate, Katie Larson, and Barb Borg. And if there are those by way of television that want a, a bulletin, we provide that, just call in and, and we'll uh, make um, a bulletin with those names being highlighted. As we begin our opening service, and we again we welcome you and we're honored to be able to be with you this morning, let us turn to our opening hymn, Praise to the Lord, the Lord Almighty, purple hymn, no, 139, 139 verses 1 through 3 and 5. If you can't sing, just move your lips and give confidence to the person sitting next to you. Shall we stand as we turn to our purple hymnals, 139, please, verses 1 through 3 and 5, please.
verse 5. Thank you. You may be seated. Let us turn to our praise song, spirit song, purple number 347, honor the birthdays of Christopher Bernard and Dan Eschenbrenner, my son-in-law, Brooklyn Park policeman, and also military. We've loved to have been here. He's a bike rider and member of the 133rd spirit song, purple 347, please. Jesus, 
Chris, would you be able to read the scripture today? John 20, you feel comfortable? When it comes time, John 20, I would like to explain. I had a couple of funerals this past week, and I wasn't feeling good there. And it's not um, the greatest thing to be able to preach when you're not feeling good and you can hardly talk in the first place. But um, I'm going to have you turn to the insert to the biker's prayer, if you would, too. And you'll notice a lot of important information on the backside. But if you could join me in this prayer, the biker's prayer, as God blesses these tokens of appreciation for his safety and service to God and country. Let us pray together our biker's prayer. The sun rise in front of me, the rain fall behind me, and the wind follow me. May the angels guard my travels, for they know what is ahead of me. Keep me safe through rolling hills and swirling turns. Let the eagle guide me to the mountain tops. Let the moon's light guide me through the night. Lord, thank you for letting me be a biker. call on Kathy if she would please come and, and uh, give gave you all a little briefing uh, both Kathy's maybe both Kathy's both Kathy's and um, nope I want Kathy Thornhill definitely and you might want to grab one of the mics and Kathy Thornhill yeah and um, here we have the, the guardian angel cross, and I'm going to um, give that to Kathy Thornhill, and we can um, make sure that everybody gets one of those. And then also, Kathy, I'm gonna, some, some may want to do a wristband, and someone may want to do a, a finger cut like that. And, and maybe to help Kathy Thornhill. Yeah, it's working. And you want to make sure you make it big enough. Mine, I made it just kind of for my pinky. And then while you're doing that, there's a gas tank or a fender um, adhesive. Um, as a reminder, you need to have that visibly seen or underneath. And we want to make sure that all our bikers get one of these. Chris, would you like to hand these out? Sure. And these are self-adhesives, and we want to make sure the right just to the bikers. And for our youngest biker and our oldest biker, and Ron, could you assist me in this? The um, youngest biker and the oldest biker here. We want to pay tribute. Or Bill. Or Mike. 
Mike, you want to hand these out to the oldest biker and the youngest biker? And I, you might have your, use your Wisconsin discernment to determine the youngest and the oldest, and to the discretion of those that are here, who would be the oldest and who would be the youngest? Eighteen or eighty-one, eighty-one, and I, I'm kind of feeling that the guy behind you is the youngest. So we want to pay particular attention to our youngest and oldest bike rider. In and um, in Mike or Kathy, and in. Make sure you get. Oh, did you get one? There you go. Get one for Chris. Everybody get a sticker to kind of remind you of God's blessings when you stay within the law and within the speed. And these are labels. I'm a supporter of the wounded warrior, wounded warriors, and you know, we want to remember all our wounded warriors and serve God and country and. As we go to God in prayer, we want to remember the names of those are, we're remembering today again and also our upcoming services and our current Legion writers. Father, we want to thank you this morning for the remembrance that we have of John Cox, Rod Tosca, Warren Wilkie, Tim Thornhill, John Smith, Katie Larson, who just within the last year, and, and Chris is your beloved husband who wanted to be here in the worst way. Conversations this past week, Barb Borg, just two last days or weeks. We remember them as we ride and as we speak and as we think and as we pray. Remember our current Legion riders too. We ask your blessing upon their bikes, and their bodies, their minds, body, soul, and spirit. Give them clean hands, clean words, clean thoughts and deeds. Help them to stand to the hard right against the easy wrong. Save them from habits of harm and teach them to work as hard and play as fairness. Thy sight alone of all the words of. Forgive them when they are unkind and forgive us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all forms of evil. We remember this past week those who have experienced death. We, we remember Joyce, Peters. We remember the Woods family. We remember the People family. And, and though we realize for Christians to be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord, we we still grieve, but we grieve not as those who have no hope. Our hope is in the resurrection. Our hope is in the fact that we look forward to a, a date and a time when we're having that glorious reunion. We ask, Lord, your presence with us now. Those who are joining us by way of television and radio and Facebook, YouTube, may want to follow along. Our scripture lesson is John chapter 20. John chapter 20, 19 through 23, as we go to the reading of your word. 
inspire us, bless the word, instill within us your living being. We pray in Jesus' name, as you've taught us all to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those who are against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Chris, would you like to come and share? Let us, let us all... Um, Stand for the reading of God's word. If you would stand with me now, we've been seated for a while. And if you want to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. Okay, Mike, you said you weren't going to do it. You're going to do it now? Okay. Would you feel comfortable doing that next weekend? Okay, you're going to do it. Okay, you're going to do it. All right, I'm going to read from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So here ends the reading of the word. Thank you. May this evening, Mike, would you make your way? Good morning, brothers and sisters. I did a, I did different pastor, but we're gonna, we're gonna make it happen anyway. I did John 14, 23 to 29. That reads, Jesus answered them, those who love me will keep my word and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does, not, whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but it's from the Father who sent me. I said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you all of what I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away, and I'm coming to you. If you love me, you will rejoice that I'm going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. We should originally notice in my passage that uh, what Jesus says right off the bat. It's crucially important to our relationship with how we relate to God 
and also how God relates to us as his children. Faith in Jesus directly says God loves those that love Jesus. It says it. If you love Jesus, God loves you. Can't get too much more cut and dry than that. Our love for Jesus not only returned, but also provides God a home or sanctuary to dwell inside of us as the Holy Spirit. He also removes all doubt of the reverse by saying, you do not love God or Jesus unless you keep them and live according to his words. I would like to add that keeping and living out God's words means taking the opportunities to share it with others so that we may obtain our kind of genuine faith. It stands to reason that those who do not love Jesus neither keep God's words or provide the sanctuary for the Holy Spirit. It follows that unless you love Jesus, you are unable to truly love. That sounds harsh, but I'll repeat it anyway. Those unable to love Jesus and have faith by keeping God's words are not only unable, but they're incapable of truly loving anybody else as God designed it. This may sound harsh, harsh, but I believe that not loving Jesus makes one capable of loving one other person, only one person, yourself. Without Jesus at the center of your love, you may not have love for yourself and you cannot genuinely share it. The other result of keeping God's words is receiving the spirit or counselor. The word translated to spirit here is paracletes. Paracletes. This word can be defined as advocate, comforter, counselor, or helper. This definition describes the Holy Spirit who remains eternally within us. The Holy Spirit within us provides the crucial function of reminding us of all the words and actions that Jesus took so that we may replicate them and most importantly, share them with others as we replicate them. Christ is all about sharing and showing others how to truly love other people. Then he tells his disciples that he is giving them his peace and going away and then quickly returning. Not our definition quick, but he is returning. Jesus doesn't have physical items to be created upon his close followers. So we left his peace and love. There is nothing material that even approaches the value of that kind of holy love. His earthly mission was not only soon over, he knew that, but his mission had been successfully and completely accomplished. Now the Holy Spirit was coming to them because of that. No matter the trouble or trial they had or will face as disciples and us, our faith is in him who has had it much worse, who survived it spiritually on our behalf and let us, left us with a portion of his presence as the spirit within us so we know that we are never alone. We're only leasing this life. We're not here temporarily. We're here eternally, inside. We don't die. I like to refer to it as graduation. Say since somebody's died and they're gone, they're, they graduated. They went up to an eternal party, graduation party. 
We are to always follow the contract, the Bible. Have no idea when our own leases expire. He also tells them with their, with their love for him, they should be celebrating his departure. Kind of how I just mentioned it. Because his destination was the Holy Father, or God. In the end, he wanted his disciples to find comfort in the fact he was physically leaving them. That would be impossible without the Holy Spirit. There's no comfort in departure. You lose a loved one. You know what you hold on to? The fact they're going to be back. Without his physical presence, they will still be able to literally feel his peace, love, and presence with the addition of the Holy Spirit abiding or making a home in their families. Thanks, Mike. Um, we always make an opportunity for any layperson that wants to share, and Mike is certainly willing to step aside from the pulpit if there's anyone by way of television or radio or YouTube, Facebook, part of this congregation that would like to uh, share a thought during our worship service. You may believe. Can you say that with me? You may believe. A busy pastor conducts many funerals. Just this past week, I conducted a couple of funerals. Had a number of deaths, too, that approached us. Recently conducted the funerals of many senatorians, you know, those who have lived beyond the 100-year mark. That gives you much hope, Ron. You know, you're just a young kid at, what, 75? Get another couple decades. I've conducted funerals for many babies. In fact, my first funeral was a baby. It was a crib death right around uh, Christmas time. We don't know if the baby suffocated or if it was uh, actually crib death because um, we gathered in a home in Wrightstown, um, Minnesota by Wadena, Long Prairie, Alexandria, and uh, the coats were placed on the bed. Little did people realize that there was a baby there too. It was a tragedy because that we were not only kind of celebrating and looking forward to the birth of Christ, but they were celebrating the, their firstborn's birthday that's only like two years old, and that little baby died. And a few days later, I conducted the service. I've conducted services for the wealthy and the great. I've conducted services for poor people, poor people who were buried by the county. I've... Um, conducted services for those who have been murdered. I've conducted services for murderers. Some of the standouts conducted um, funeral services for taste testers, for Adolf Hitler, where parents actually felt themselves very fortunate to offer their children up to um, taste the food of Adolf Hitler to make sure that it hadn't been poisoned with the intent of killing Adolf Hitler conducted the services for many suicides. I believe a preacher must always keep a tender and a sympathetic heart. This past week, uh, it was almost like my, my second mother passed away. And, and then just, uh, I've always considered kind of Joyce Peters, a member who passed away just a few days ago. She made me so many items throughout our home 
and the sun catchers that she made are on the windows and I think of her almost every day as I go to various windows in my house and I think of Joyce Peters and she was kind of looking forward. She always thought the bikers were the best looking crew that would ever come to our church and Joyce um, succumbed to death here just um, a day and a half ago or so. Funeral services must never become mechanical or matter of fact with people, but some funeral services come closer to home to the preacher than, than others. And we remember those who are in our bulletin. Um, I probably didn't write a great deal with them, as some of you writers did. But I, I know that whenever we come to a situation where we say our farewells or our see you tomorrow uh, to consecrated Christian people, we, we look forward to the fact of um, riding with them again. Dr. Um, Harold Kushner, who wrote the best-selling book, When Bad Things Happen to Good People, was being interviewed about his newest book. His newest book was When Children, When Children Ask About God. And the question by the reporter was, what is my six-and-a-half-year-old son said to you, who is God? Who is God? Or what is God? How would you respond? Now, if you're a, a new member of all of United Methodists, you'll notice that there's a kind of an outline to kind of trigger your your imagination, if you want to play with me this morning, you can turn to the back side of your bullet and you notice an outline. You can just place in the uh, first one is, how would you, and in the first letter is, how would you respond? Um, how would you respond? How would you respond? Um, well, the author replied, I would say that I don't know. I don't know what God is. I can only talk about, can only talk about experiencing God. I would say maybe the real question is not who is God, but when, when is God, when is God? And what has to be happening in our lives to, to feel God's presence, to feel God's presence? Now suppose that we were to make a list of all the things when we feel God's presence. I certainly felt the presence when I conducted many of the services of those in the bulletin. We think of Tim Thornhill, and we think of John and others. And as we look forward to um, this coming year, I've actually conducted um, services for just about um, a number of the wars um, over my period of 50 years from World War I to the current war, Desert Storm, Desert Shield. I didn't do any services for the Civil War. I, at times I feel that, that I'm that old. Maybe I look that old. But suppose we were to make a list, a list of all the times when we feel, when we feel God's presence. When someone is kind to you, you can feel the presence of God. 
When someone um, forgives you, you ultimately feel the presence of God. When someone shares with you and cares with you, you're feeling the presence of God. And when you find yourself sharing with someone else, you're experiencing God. And when you're sick and when you get well, when you fall down and you scrape yourself and, and then you heal, when, when something is hard to do, hard to do, but as you learn to do it, and it's not easy and you can't remember that it was ever hard for you to do. When you go out on a sunny day and you see how beautiful, beautiful the world is, even this morning as I strolled church at my VMAX, I, I couldn't get over the fact that I could still fit into my high school flag jacket. I drove an old Harley then, and that flag jacket, my parents felt that I was less likely to get hit on it. But now you wonder, you know, I believe as Christians we want to kneel to the cross and stand for the flag, but you don't know what's going on in the minds of many people when you display the flag nowadays. Or when you look out the window at the first snowfall of winter, and I don't know why I put that in because, you know, I'm not looking forward to winter. But you know the feeling of the robin on the lawn. The point is that we experience, we experience God more fully than we understand God. As one theologian has said, God would be a pretty, pretty puny God if the likes of you and I could understand God. The episode in today's gospel lesson takes place on the first Easter, first Easter night. The doors, the doors being shut where the disciples were, Jesus came in and he stood among them. It was somewhat of a translucent body. John tells us, and Jesus said to them, peace be with you. How we need peace in our lives, in our world. Peace, Jesus says, be with you. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. Then he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Spirit, the Spirit, John chapter 20, verses 19 and 21 and 22. Now Jesus stands among us today. Jesus says that wherever two or three are gathered in his name, he's present, offering us peace of mind, peace of heart, peace of soul, offering us the blessed breath, breath of life. How we need that life. The experience of the Spirit of God in our midst, in our world, and deep within us, we need that peace. We need that presence. As the Father says and has sent me, even so I send you. Now Jesus is saying to us now, and if we're really listening, we rejoice as, as the disciples rejoiced. And we understand that the combination, the combination of joy, we named our firstborn daughter Joy, 
because my parents always wanted a daughter, but they just get stuck with three boys. And when our daughter was born, I mean, it was just a given that it was going to be joy. And I had a jacket that says, J-O-Y, Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. And we understand that the combination of joy and commitment to a loving service has always been the distinctive mark of the loyal followers of Jesus Christ. Moms and dads, grandparents, grandmothers and grandfathers. I, if you want your children, and this is kind of a, a constitution within the Tabor family. Many of you know I have three children, Joy and Hope and Christian, and all serve and love the Lord. If you want your children, the proposition that I believe in my constitution that I've always instilled within my children, I'd pray over the, the stomach of my wife, Chris. And we play New Testament tapes, Christian music at all times. When all the children were born, and even early this morning as I spoke to our youngest, I would sing that song, the B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. That if you want your children to grow up to love God and, and you want them to trust in God, if you want your children to love you and believe in God and you, you want your children to love themselves. Love themselves and believe in themselves First, you must communicate these feelings to them as your own, your own. When you tuck them in bed, it seems like God has given us second chances, if not done with our children, our grandchildren. When you tuck them in bed, be sure to tell them that you love them just, just for being themselves. Say to them, I'm really I'm really the luckiest, luckiest father or mother in the world to have such marvelous children or such marvelous grandchildren. I love you not because of your report card or, or your talent or because you're going to be good or you're going to do a good job, but simply because you are who you are. And remember, if this sounds much too simple, It gets far better results than do demands and obedience based on fear and intimidation. And the kids will go and grandkids will go to sleep with this terrific, terrific, terrific feeling. Gosh, I'm, I'm really loved and for just being me. And that's a healing touch for our children and our grandchildren an experience of the presence of the Holy Spirit, the Holy God in their lives. What our children need now is under exposure to this tribe of commercial exploitation and violence and overexposure to the um, community of love, a community and a family of love. In order to learn more about who they are, the children are watching us. 
There's an incarnation taking effect. The, the word is becoming flesh in our lives and in their lives. They are searching for role models. If they can plainly see that God's Holy Spirit of love is in us, they'll get a good picture of who they are and, and what they ought to aspire to. And they will no doubt believe. Believe in themselves and believe in God and believe in love. You know, much is being said today about proper physical conditioning. Many people are acquiring special awareness of the true value of the physical body, a priceless gift of God. We all are being reminded to make better care and take better care of our bodies. I can't tell you how many times I've said to people that what is their key to longevity and they've They've said that if they would have known that they were going to live this long, they would have taken better care. Cut down on junk foods, alcohol, caffeine, don't smoke, exercise more. The duty of properly caring for our physical bodies is important. It's a solemn obligation that God requires of our temples, this perishable body. And it's but one step removed from this awesome responsibility we have been given to properly condition our inner spirits. The body is temporal, the spirit is eternal. Through prayer or meditation and worship, through devotion to the Bible, through the worship experience, and, and through dedication to the ministry. The ministry, and we are all called to be ministers of, of this loving service and loving one another, loving the Lord your God, the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave us, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and loving your neighbor as yourself. All disease is ultimately related to, to a lack of love. The truth is, love heals. So says Dr. Bernie Siegel, the author of Love and Medicine and Miracles, who has dedicated much of his life in medical practice to children with terminal diseases. And there is a, a fast-growing body of scientific evidence which indicates that religious attitudes can have a profound effect on our physical condition. Medical um, research has confirmed that religious commitment is conducive to better health, resulting, for example, in lower incidences of heart attack and arteriosis and arteries and hypertension and high blood pressure. I close with the fact that Jesus appeared to the disciples in his resurrection body, his, his glorified body, his spiritual body, bringing joy and a new kind of peace, a new kind of peace into their lives by breathing, by breathing into them the presence of God's Holy Spirit. One of the prayers I say multi-times every day, breathe on me, Spirit of God. Breathe on me, Spirit of God. And he wants us to discover that this joy and this new kind of peace and, and among the fruits of properly developing and properly conditioning the Spirit 
Father God, with every head bowed and every eye closed and those by way of television and radio and Facebook and other means of communication that we reach out to, regardless of where we are and who we are from pulpit to pew, we can reach out to God and we can ask God to enter us. God may not be so concerned about many things that are in our lives, but he's, he sent his only begotten son that the whosoevers, and we're the whosoevers, believe in him and trust and adhere to, should not perish but have everlasting life, that we may believe. Father, as we close, may we all say together this closing prayer as you repeat after me. Dear Jesus, we remember those in our bulletin that we rode with, that we laughed with. We had all forms of emotions with. And we also remember our current Legion riders. We remember our loved ones. Forgive our sins, O Lord. Come into our hearts and lives. Be our Lord and our Savior. Be our comforter, our guide, and our director. In Jesus' name, amen. And as the ushers come forward this morning for the offering, would you pray the offering prayer with me, printed in the bulletins? God of the mountains and the valleys, of the dry places and oceans, your voice speaks to us across creation. The flowers and the trees sing of your majesty, and the stars of the night speak of how much we still don't know. As we offer gifts to you and speak our words of gratitude, help us to hear your voice anew. Give us ears to hear, faith to believe, and determination to truly listen to you, how you would send us into a hurting world. In Christ we pray, amen. Our offering prayer is the Purple Hymnals, number 368, My Hope is Built.
Would you please stand for the doxology? Now I pray that the grace and the peace and the fellowship of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit would go forth with us. Bless the, the motorcycles and the motorcyclists. Bless our food as we um, put together our own sandwiches and we release those cooks and bottle washers. We, we thank you, Father, for the privilege of honoring our legion riders and our military personnel. May we go with that peace and that confidence of knowing and loving you, in Jesus' name, amen. And I'll ask as we um, close, if all those that would want their bikes to actually lay, we could lay hands on them, and then um, we'll immediately return. We won't spend, you know, maybe five minutes outside, and then we'll return and we'll eat. There'll be plenty of food, plenty of food to honor our Legion riders and tremendous ministry where I've never found anybody to go away from all of it in need of food. So, so um, are there any announcements, anything that we need to um, clarify? The um, Memorial Day services will, are in the bulletin and we've remembered today those who our loved ones, our biker friends. Any questions on any aspect of the service? before we close.